Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, and then there was four. The divisional round of the playoffs was fantastic all weekend long. We'll talk about that. Plus, we'll talk about it, how it pertains to the silver and black. We got your news and notes of the day, coaching and GM news, your calls and texts. will close out the show. That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Monday, January 24th, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Again, Monday, January 24th, 2022. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. And Raider Nation got a lot to get to on today's show. But man, what a fantastic weekend of football. The divisional round of the playoffs was fantastic. I remember Adam Schefter tweeted out, I believe on Saturday morning, that this was going to be the best weekend in football. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe it will be. And it's, it's funny, I actually did a show on ESPN National on Saturday night with uh, Aaron Goldhammer from uh, ESPN Cleveland, but we were on ESPN National on Saturday night. And that was one of our show topics was, what would be your favorite weekend of, uh, of football in general? Not just NFL, but even college football. So we had a a lot of good responses, but man, I'll tell you, the divisional round of the playoffs was fantastic. Cincinnati knocks off Tennessee. Then you had uh, San Francisco knocking off Green Bay. The Rams beat up on Tampa Bay and, and finally found a way to win that game. And then Kansas City squeaked it out at the end in overtime over the Buffalo Bills. So what a great weekend of, uh, of action. And like I said, now there is four. So we'll get into that conversation. But man, what a weekend we are coming off. But let's get into the news and notes of the day. And we'll go all the way back to Friday and start with the news and notes and that has to do with Nate Hobbs defensive back Nate Hobbs is back in the news again for all the wrong reasons on Friday on Twitter it was put out that the Nevada State Police Highway Troopers cited Raiders Nate Hobbs for driving 110 miles an hour on the 215 Beltway less than two weeks after he was charged with DUI and I know right now you're listening like Q he was speeding okay not a big deal and it's really it's I don't want to say it's not a big deal because he was going 110. So anytime you're going 110, that's a big deal. But it is a speeding ticket. It is reckless driving. I get it. So it's not the end of the world. But it's just not a good look for a guy who was just arrested uh, on suspicion of DUI. And it looks like he's going to get off on that. But he just doesn't need to put himself in that kind of position. And, you know, a lot of people hit me up. Somebody hit me up on Twitter and said, yeah, Cuba, Vegas isn't the problem. No, it's not. Again, I, I can say that till I'm blue in the face. Uh, Vegas did not cause Nate Hobbs to go 110 miles an hour. Nate Hobbs caused Nate Hobbs to go 110 miles an hour. But what I will say about Vegas and the Raiders, if they don't get their act together, I'll say this right now knowing it, and I've only been in Vegas since July, but I can tell you this as a matter of fact. If they don't get their act together and start being better people and citizens in the community, the community is going to look at them, not like Las Vegas is a problem, but that the Raiders are a problem. And ever since they've been here, matter of fact, even before they arrived in Las Vegas, they really went out of their way to show that they'll be uh, great citizens in the community and be an asset and not a, not a detriment to the community. But obviously the last year has shown that they have some issues, you know, that there's some issues with some of the players and what they're doing in the Las Vegas community. So again, this is just reckless driving and it's not a good look for a guy who, again, just was arrested a few weeks ago on suspicion 
suspicion of DUI. It's not going to be the end of the world, but it's just another a knock on the organization. Like, well, there they go. The Raiders are raidering it up again. And that's just the reputation that they don't want to get. So I'll tell you right now, man, the Raiders have got to have some kind of come to Jesus meeting with everyone in that organization and say, hey, this is not going to be acceptable here in this community. You cannot do this. You know, this is multiple traffic situations going back to Josh Jacobs. Obviously, we know about the Henry Rugg situation. Then Nate Hobbs had the uh, DUI suspicion situation. And now Nate Hobbs with 110 miles an hour uh, get a reckless driving ticket. I mean, these are all going to continue to pile up. And oh, by the way, in between all that, you had Damon Arnett uh, threatening people on social media, telling him he's going to kill people. I mean, it's just it's terrible look and the Raiders can't afford to do that. So pretty soon they're going to have to figure out a way to show the community that, hey, we are not going to be problem here we're going to be a great asset to this community but doing it like this what they got going on right now is not the way to do it also want to give you an update on the coaching and the gm searches as it's going on right now nfl network said that the raiders interviewed Bengals scout trey brown on friday for their open gm vacancy in addition to patriots personnel staffer dave ziegler and then they interviewed bears staffer champ kelly on thursday so if you're keeping track trey brown dave ziegler and champ kelly have all interviewed for the open gm spot for the raiders and as far as Dave Ziegler goes, he comes from the Patriots. There is a lot of reports and a lot of rumors about the possibility of Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels as being the lead guy for the Raiders head coaching job. He could be targeted if Dave Ziegler gets that GM job. They're even talking about the fact that Dave Ziegler could go and get Josh McDaniels as the head coach and then bring Gerard Mayo on as the uh, defensive coordinator. And obviously Gerard Mayo has already interviewed for the head coaching position, but they could be trying to line up something that's very Patriot centric. Again, Dave Ziegler comes from the Patriots. Josh McDaniels is the OC and Gerard Mayo is the current DC, or at least he's the inside linebacker coach. They don't really have the defensive coordinator title there. Uh, Also, there is an update as far as Ed Dodds goes. According to Vic Tafer from the athletic, he said that Ed Dodds is going to interview with the Raiders. So that's good news. And it's funny. Vic put out a tweet said, Is he a dude or not a dude? Is he a baller or not? It's something Colts assistant GM Ed Dodd says to a lot to describe player evaluation. He's coming in to interview for the Raiders GM position, fourth candidate to interview strong Al Davis connection. I know a lot of folks are fired up about Ed Dodds for multiple reasons. One, he's been in the Raiders organization, like Vic said, Al Davis connection. Two, he's got a connection, somewhat of a connection with Jim Harbaugh. So Raider Nation is trying to put two and two together. Uh, I don't know if that's going to have to do with anything. Again, I've said multiple times, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is leaving Ann Arbor, uh, but I, I just think that Ed Dodds Dodds would be a good selection if Mark Davis decides to go in that direction. I think Ed Dodds has done some really good things in multiple uh, organization so far in the NFL. He's also a guy that multiple organizations want and have asked to come in for an interview, and he doesn't just take any interview. He turned down the Bears. He went in for one, and then they requested a second interview, and he turned it down. So clearly he didn't see what he liked with Chicago, but at least he's going to go in and talk to Mark Davis and kind of see what he wants. But he's made it known. He's let it be known before. He's not just going to take any job. He's in a good position right there with the Colts, and when he does take that GM job, it's going to be one that he feels like he could be successful in. So uh, I think he's a really good player personnel guy as I've done a lot of research and matter of fact on Radio Nation Radio 920 this afternoon I believe at three o'clock I'll have Zach Kiefer on from The Athletic who did a really good piece uh, on Ed Dodds and I've already done a little bit of research and had uh, other guys on the radio station talking about Ed Dodds but Zach Kiefer did a really good piece so I'm going to pick his brain later on this afternoon to talk about Ed Dodds so we'll see where that conversation goes but I think Dodds is coming in today for an interview but it's not 100% specific 
of when that interview is going to take place, but I think it's going to be today. As I find out, of course, I'll update that. As far as the head coaching position goes, interim head coach Rich Basaccia, he met with the Raiders last week. Uh, Gerard Mayo, I mentioned that earlier in the show, uh, inside linebackers coach from the Patriots, he met with the Raiders last week. Well, now ESPN is reporting that the 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans is also going to meet with the Raiders, and if you saw what the 49ers and their defense did to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on Saturdays, you got to feel pretty good about that, right? So I, one thing I do like about this is that they're going with defensive-minded head coaches. Now, Rich Basaccia was a special teams guy, of course, or is a special teams guy, but I like that D'Amico Ryans and Gerard Mayo, both defensive guys, and that's who the Raiders are looking at. So uh, I, I like defense. I don't know if that's the direction that they're going to go with the head coaching position, but I like that they're you know not really settling on just one specific type of coach. They're looking at multiple different type of coaches. So uh, D'Amico Ryans is supposed to interview at some point with the Raiders for their open head coaching position as well. And then one more quick update, Jim Caldwell. It was put out there before that the longtime former NFL coach uh, turned down the Raiders. Well, he put out a tweet on, I think it was Saturday, saying I'd like to correct an erroneous report that I turned down opportunities to interview for the head coaching job in Minnesota and Las Vegas. Those reports are not true. I have profound respect for both organizations and for the Wilf and Davis families, and I did not decline any opportunity to interview with them. That's from Coach Jim Caldwell. So not too sure why that report came out that he did turn down those interviews, but he's saying, and he put it out on Twitter himself, that he did not do that. So I don't know if he's going to get an interview or if he ever even got an interview request or what the deal is. But that's a strange scenario. Someone put out some false information, obviously. But Coach Jim Caldwell said he did not decline those interviews. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, what I learned from the divisional round playoff games as it pertains to the Raiders. How far are they away? What do they need to do to solidify themselves as one of those teams that can make a deep run in the playoffs? We'll talk all about that coming up in segment number two after I tell you about Built Bar. And I'm telling you right now, if you were looking for a snack all weekend long for the divisional round of the playoffs, Built Bar is the way to go because, man, all those games had me on the edge of my seat. And sometimes you have that nervous eat. You know, you need a snack because you're just nervous. You don't know how a game's going to shake out, even when you don't have a dog in the hunt. Well, that's when you can reach for a Built Bar. There's plenty of great flavors of Built Bar. It tastes great, and it is great for you. So uh, with that New Year's resolution that you may or may not have to make sure you eat a lot better, Built Bar is the way to go. They got the churro Built Bar Puffs. They got coconut marshmallow Built Bars, coconut almond, raspberry peanut butter brownie. Those are some of the great flavors and some of the newer arrivals. Caramel Almond Delight, caramel macchiato, eggnog, coconut brownie chunk, and plenty more to choose from. Again, the best thing about them is they taste great, but they're really good for you. Low in sugar, high in protein, low in calories. That's the way to go. Instead of having a candy bar that claims to satisfy and all that good stuff, but you know you're eating basically junk, you don't want to do that. Have a protein bar. Built Bar is the way to go. Check out the website today. Find the flavors that you're looking for. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order just like that. Again, Built.com. Promo code LOCK15. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Kind of want to talk about what I learned from the divisional round of the playoffs as it pertains to the Raiders because, man, first of all, the divisional round of the playoffs was fantastic. Cincinnati goes to Tennessee, gets the dub. (laughs) San Francisco goes to Green Bay, gets the dub. Rams go to Tampa Bay, they get the dub. And then Kansas City defends home field, and they get the dub over uh, over the Buffalo Bills in a game that was a barn burner that went all the way down to overtime. Uh, fantastic games, but three out of the four road teams won the games in the divisional round of the playoffs. 
fantastic. And you know, one of the games that I was really paying attention to, obviously, was Cincinnati and Tennessee. And I honestly believe this, Raider Nation. I'm not saying this because I'm a Raider fan. I'm not saying this because I do a Raider show. I'm not saying this because I'm on Raider Nation Radio. I, I do believe that the Raiders could have beat Tennessee on Saturday. I really do. And obviously, I don't want to take anything away from Cincinnati because they did a hell of a job to go into Tennessee and get that W and uh, slow down Derrick Henry. And, and really, Derrick Henry didn't even look that great. Honestly, uh, Deontay Foreman looked a lot better, in my opinion, than Henry did. And what do you expect? I mean, Henry was out there playing with five screws in his feet and then also a, a metal plate in his cleat. And so you really couldn't expect him to go out there and shine. He hadn't played since week eight. But they leaned heavily on him. I think Mike Vrabel made a, bad, a few bad uh, coaching decisions. But I think that the Raiders could have hung with them. I really do. Now, I don't think that the Raiders could have hung with Kansas City. I, I don't. And I don't think that even if they had beat Tennessee and then got the next trip to go to Kansas City for the third time this season, I don't think they would have won that game. Kansas City is just a really bad matchup for the Raiders right now. They uh, they play at a speed that's just totally different than what the Raiders play at. So I don't think that they would have uh, competed in this game coming up this next weekend, the championship weekend. I just don't. Now, I mean, Lightning can strike once. You know, they might be able to get that and get that W just because it's a game. Any given Sunday, a team can win. So I don't want to take that away from them. But I just feel like when you look at talent, you look at speed, you look at what they got going, I don't think that the Raiders are on the Kansas City Chiefs level right now. I just don't. They got a lot of work to do, in my opinion. But as far as, you know, just beating the, the Tennessee Titans, I think they could have. And obviously, I feel like they could have beat Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati, you, you got to look at them, man. Joe Burrow gets sacked nine times and still had the stones to step up and make the throws and, and, and stand up in the pocket when he needed to to get the ball down the field to Jamar Chase and set themselves up for an opportunity at a field goal to win the game, which they ultimately did. So I had a few questions and a few, uh, you know, observations coming out of the weekend uh, that I wanted to make and say towards the Raiders. Now, I look at the Raiders team and I say, okay, I see the pieces that they have to work with. I see the Max Crosby's, the Hunter Renfro's, the Nate Hobbs, if he can stop speeding and getting in trouble. Trayvon Merrick, obviously. Josh Jacobs, don't know what they're going to do with his contract. Don't know how long they're going to keep him around, but I feel like he's a piece that could be built around. Now, the wide receivers I look at, obviously Darren Waller's there. Who knows what's going to happen with his contract situation? He's on the cheap for the next couple of years, but my gut feeling tells me he's not going to play at that kind of rate. So we'll see what happens with him. But we know Darren Waller's a hell of a, a weapon as well. But the wide receivers... Hunter Renfro, I mentioned, is a really good player. He is. He's a damn good player. I love what he brings to the table, but he shouldn't have to be the number one wide receiver. He really shouldn't be, and he isn't a number one wide receiver, but he's playing like a number one wide receiver, so I don't want to take anything away from him. But with that being said, the Raiders need that number one dude. They need a guy that could put some fear into opposing teams' defenses, a guy that just goes out there and know, and you know that they can make it happen at all times. Like, that's the guy that's going to wreck the game, you know, like a Devontae Adams. And I know the Packers lost, but Devontae Adams is that guy. If the Raiders were able to go out and get him since he's in free agency, that would be big. But I wouldn't stop there. I would go out and find another weapon. You know, if it's in the draft, great. If it's in free agency, fine. Whatever it is, I feel like they need to reload when it comes to weapons. I look at Zay Jones. I like him. I look at Brian Edwards. I like him. But they're third or fourth wide receivers at best. At best. You know, and Zay Jones stepped up down the stretch and, and Brian Edwards stepped up a little bit here and there. The Raiders were really finding ways to win games without a lot of tools in the toolbox. Also, the Raiders need to make sure that they address the offensive line in the offseason. They can't allow their quarterback, Derek Carr, to get sacked nine times. I mean, really, there's no quarterback in the league. You saw what happened when Tom Brady didn't have a whole lot of time, man. When the, the Rams were getting after Tom Brady, he was frustrated, man, bleeding. Uh, he just was in a bad situation. He was in a bad place when the Rams were harassing him because the offensive line couldn't protect. No quarterback should get sacked as many times as Joe Burrow did. Again, that's a lot of credit to Burrow to be able to step up after getting sacked nine times and still being able to trust 
dust his pocket and go ahead and make the, the throw when he has to. Derek Carr's not doing that. And I'm not trying to take a shot at Derek Carr, but he's not doing that. If he got sacked nine times, he would be a done deal, you know, and as most quarterbacks would. Again, I'm not trying to take a shot at Derek Carr. I'm just saying that would be a situation that he would just pretty much fold. You want to talk about seeing ghosts. Almost all quarterbacks would see ghosts if they got sacked that many times. So the offensive line, you know you have Colton Miller, solid. You know you have Andre James, who's continued to get better, but you also have three questions. You know, what are you doing at the right tackle? What are you doing at the right guard? What are you doing at the left guard? They need to make sure that they go out and completely address that offensive line, do everything they can to improve that. That thing was torn down, so they had extra money to go and address the defense. Fine, that was cool. The defense, you know, worked out really well for the Raiders in 2021, but the offensive line, not so much. They have got to make sure that that is a high priority. They've got to get that fixed because even if they go out and get a couple playmakers, if Derek Carr or whoever the quarterback is doesn't have time to get it to them, it's not going to matter. As far as the defense, you saw defenses all weekend long create turnovers. Where are the Raiders' turnovers? They need to get a ball hawk. They need to get a guy who can wreck the game from the defensive line, from the linebacker position. They've got to get a big-time difference makers that's not only just getting pressures on the quarterback, but getting the ball back to the offense. That's all you saw all weekend long. Even when Tampa Bay was getting blown out by the Rams, how did they get back in the game? They created turnovers. The Rams turned the ball over four times. You know, and not all of that was just a fluke turnover. A lot of that was Tampa Bay forced them. Even at the end of the game when uh, Nadamika Sue went in there and ripped the ball out from Cam Akers and gave Tampa Bay that opportunity to get down the field and score their touchdown to tie the game. Now, they weren't able to hold on to the lead. Matt Stafford made a hell of a play. Shout out to Matt Stafford. I know that I haven't been the nicest guy when it comes to Matt Stafford, but, man, he stepped up and played two great games in the playoffs so far for the Rams, right? Oh, man, he's really he really balled out. And at the end of that game for the Rams and Buccaneers, that dude made a throw that, wow, it was just incredible to Cooper Cup and set up their game-winning field goal. I thought that game was going to overtime, but uh, no, it did not because, well, Matt Stafford was able to make some plays. But getting back to the defense, man, you got to have some guys that could create turnovers. You really do. Trayvon Merrick, I know he had a couple opportunities throughout the season to create a couple more turnovers. He wasn't able to get them. I think as he develops in the league, he'll probably get better at that. But you got to have a corner that can come down with some balls. You've got to have some guys that can make some plays. You've got to be able to create a few turnovers. So the defense still needs a lot of fine-tuning. But when push comes to shove and you got to have it, there's got to be a guy that steps up and makes it happen. And then really my final question and my final observation is the quarterback position. And this is not a Derek Carr, is he the guy, is he not a guy? But I'm just looking at the the dudes that were playing all weekend long. I'm looking at Josh Allen. I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes. I'm looking at Tom Brady. I'm looking at uh, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy G, Aaron Rodgers. Of course, Rodgers and Brady, we already know who those guys are. They both have gold jackets, right? When they're done, they're going to have gold jackets. No doubt about it. Jimmy G, very pedestrian. I mean, I know that the 49ers won the game, but man, he made a bunch of mistakes. But look at some of the young guns, man. Look at Joe Burrow. He ain't going nowhere. He's going to be better and better and better each and every year, especially if Cincinnati figures out how to get an offensive line around him. Josh Allen looking like he's coming into his own, right? Josh Allen got into a hell of a shootout with Mahomes and damn near won the game. Really should have won the game if they didn't screw it up defensively. 13 seconds left and they go in to prevent defense, which only prevents victories. I don't know why people continue to do that, but they do. You know, Stafford, a guy that I've been very tough on, I mentioned it earlier in this segment, I've been very tough on him. Basically said he's Derek Carr. Uh, he made the big throws when he had to, you know, and he's been able to do that throughout the course of the playoffs. So 
Can Derek Carr be that guy? You know, can Derek Carr be the guy when you're down and only got a few seconds left in the game? Can you get the ball down the field? Now, we've seen Derek Carr have many comebacks. Don't get me wrong. And I have a lot of confidence when there's two minutes left in the game and Carr's got the ball. But, I mean, there's certain situations, you know, throughout the course of the game. Can he survive those? Like, again, I go back to that Joe Burrow getting sacked nine times. That's less than ideal for any quarterback. But, man... Would Derek Carr be able to do that? You know, that's what the questions that the next coach or Rich Basaccia have to ask what they're going to do moving forward because those are the guys that the Raiders are going to have to be competing with for years to come. I mean, Brady and Rodgers at some point, they're going to fade on out. But some of these young guns, they're going to be in the playoffs for some years to come. I mean, look at Tennessee. They're questioning right now. Hey, is Ryan Tannehill really this guy? Because as far as I'm concerned, Ryan Tannehill, that's the reason I picked Tennessee to lose that game on Saturday. I don't trust him. I don't trust him as a quarterback. And I don't think people in Tennessee now, after what he did on Saturday, I don't think that they trust him either. And so now they're looking like, hey, how can we improve this position? If we do that, maybe we're a playoff team. Do the Raiders have to do that, or do they have a guy that can compete with those young guns? That's a question that the coaching staff, Mark Davis, whoever the new GM, that's a question that they're going to have to answer and make a decision moving forward. But until they make that decision, until they figure that out, just realize the young guns, the dudes you saw all weekend long, are the guys that are going to be there year in and year out, I do believe. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get to any of that, though, I do want to tell you about an app that you need to have if you buy gas, and that is GetUpside. All listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. All they got to do is download the GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use that promo code TOUCHDOWN. You'll actually get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. People who drive a lot, well, guess what? It makes sense that they're making a lot. Two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's absolutely no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code Touchdown to get up to fifty cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code Touchdown, and the app is called GetUpside. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number first call up is from Worldwide Raider. He's calling in from Europe to talk about the Raiders season. Derek Carr, the state of the team. Is it a rebuild or is it a reload? Here he is, Worldwide Raider. Hey, Q. This is Worldwide Raider. I'm calling in from Europe. Um, firstly, great show. Love the information, uh, uh, and more importantly, your your fairness in in in, in calling the uh, um, things how they are. Um, for for what it's worth, I'd like to uh, put in my two cents worth uh, about everything and the whole season. Uh, firstly, I think um, Rich Versace has done a great job. Um, I don't know if he deserves to to um, to take the team next year. It, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But I think he's done a great job, and, and both him and the staff deserve a lot of credit. Um, Carr, um, I think he's done really, really well under the circumstances. Um, I think he stays unless the uh, Raiders receive the unbelievable offer uh, that they cannot refuse. Then he stays. He gets he gets to uh, stay for another year, in my opinion. Um, as a head coach myself. Um, 
in soccer, the other football. Um, I don't think it's a rebuild. I think they need to add a few a few more quality players. Um, having said that, with the um, the amount of drafts that we've had over the last um, at least six years, um, I don't think we've really um, made the most out of them. Uh, there have been some good ones and there have some really, really bad ones. And I think uh, whether it's Gruden or Mayock, uh, I don't know if you can separate or, or fully know who is making those decisions, but they both deserve the credit and obviously they both deserve the criticism for some of the, the picks that we've made. Um, I think uh, we definitely need um, uh, O-line, offensive line, I need a wide receiver and some, some linebackers. So I would, I would say that that would be my preference, uh, although I'm not the technical guy uh, on that part of it. Um, but I think um, the the uh, the head coach uh, and the general manager, having been in this situation uh, uh, recently, if you are the head coach and there isn't a general manager, then you've got to have a big say in who that general manager is because you've got to work together on a daily basis. It, it, it needs to be a tandem. It can't be... Um, like it was, I think, with Mackenzie and Gruden, uh, we, we, we all saw how, how that went. So if you've got the head coach, put the head coach, and with the owner, both of you pick who the GM is going to be. It should be the other way around. It should be the GM, and the GM go out, goes out and gets the head coach that he likes, that the owner likes, so there's that um, consistency and uniformity between between the two. Because if you don't have that, then we're going to have... Um, I, I think more problems. There he goes. That's Worldwide Raider. Thank you so much for the call. I do appreciate hearing from you. And I don't think it's a rebuild either, man. I, I do think there's areas that need to be addressed. Uh, we talked about it in segment number two, but I don't think it's a rebuild at all. As far as the GM and the head coach goes, I think that's the order of operations. That's how it should go. GM hired, then they come together and they work on the head coach. And I don't think the head coach should be making a decision on basically who his boss is. I mean, think about that. The GM is supposed to be, in theory, the boss of the, the head coach. So I don't think it makes sense when the head coach decides who his boss is going to be. It doesn't make sense to me, but I know that that's how it works. And it doesn't really work that often in the NFL, only with certain elite head coaches, the Bill Belichick, the Sean Paytons, guys like that, it works. But other ones... Not so much. So thank you so much for that call, my man. Like I said, I do appreciate hearing from you. Next up is a text from Raider Rick in the 805. It says, hey, Q, Raider Rick from the 805 in Santa Maria, my first time texting in. Been listening to you for about a year now, and I love the show. Hypothetically, what do you think about Sean Payton for the head coaching job? Thought about this with all the news going around with him right now. I think he would do some good things with us if it did happen. Your thoughts, that's from Raider Rick in the 805. And the news that he's talking about is that he has not told, Sean Payton that is, has not told the New Orleans Saints if he's going to be back next year. He has not told them what he wants to do. So there's a lot of speculation that maybe he won't be on the sidelines for the Saints next year. And I'll tell you this, if the Raiders have an opportunity to get Sean Payton, go for it. They wanted to get Sean Payton back in the day, and he was advised by Bill Parcells and others not to take that interview. That was still while he was with Dallas, uh, not to take that interview with the Raiders because their organization was not a very well-ran organization, and that basically he wouldn't be doing himself any favors as a head coach. So he didn't take that job, but the Raiders wanted him. Al Davis wanted him back in the day and just didn't get him. If Mark Davis could find a way to land Sean Payton, that would be outstanding. I think Sean Payton would do some really good things with Derek Carr. I think he would be very creative offensively. Uh, I think that there'd be be a lot of good things uh, to see if the Raiders were to land Sean Payton. But again, that's a lot of speculation because nobody knows exactly what he's going to do 
in 2022. But uh, definitely keep an eye out on him because that would be a home run hit. Next up, got a call from Valley Boy Raider. He's calling to ask about a question about the Rams and their scouting team. Here he is, Valley Boy Raider. Hey, what's up, Q? This is Valley Boy Raider from a one had a quick question. Why isn't anybody... Why isn't anybody picking people from the Rams organization, such as their scouts, their, you know, personnel people that help them in the draft? This team has not had a first-round pick in years, yet they have this much talent on their offense and defense. Their offensive line, I think only one of them is highly paid, which is Whitworth, and he's in his 40s. The defensive line, yeah, you have. Aaron Donald, but then you have Joseph Day, who's, who's a monster. You have, yeah, a corner in Ramsey, but you also have other corners on that team that step up. Is the, they they know how to draft Q, and they don't have draft picks. Why isn't no one looking into their scouts, their assistant GMs, and hiring them? I would love for someone from the Rams to come to, to the Raiders. Why? They know how to draft Q. Why can't we get people like that? Why? Instead of running to the Patriots, where the Patriots don't know how to draft for anything, they draft, they draft once in a while, they draft good players. But the Rams, they haven't had a first-round pick, even a second-round pick some years. And they've made some great, great pick, draft picks. Their center, I think, was like a sixth or fifth-round pick a year ago. Van Jefferson, I think, wasn't even drafted. He might have been a fifth or sixth-round pick. So... Maybe you can answer that for me, too. Why not? And why not hire Morris? Look what he's doing. There's still time that's the third quarter here at the Tampa Bay game, but look what he's doing. He's doing tremendous things. Give him an interview. I think he'll, if we don't get hardball, we can get him. Valley Boy out. There he goes, Valley Boy Raider. Thank you so much for that call, my man. And I'll tell you what, that's a good question. You know, you bring up a good question. I think most folks don't talk about the Rams' front office because their key players are all guys that they traded for and gave up those first-round and second-round picks like you talked about. But you're right, their late-round picks, they hit on them. They really do, and that's how they build depth. And that's how a guy like Corey Littleton, uh, they had him as an undrafted guy, and then they were able to move on from him. The Raiders signed him as a free agent. I mean, that's just going back to your point from their scouting department. But, yeah, you know, they don't get talked about very often. I'm, I'm not too sure uh, what, why that is, but, but they just don't. So uh, maybe it's something to look into. Maybe is something that I'll ask uh, John McClain when I have him on the radio on Tuesday. Uh, he knows the NFL like the back of his hand, so maybe maybe I'll ask him what the thoughts are on the Rams front office, why they're not getting more attention. As far as Raheem Morris goes, I, I know he's interviewed. I think he interviewed with Minnesota. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a big Raheem Morris fan. Uh, I know that the defense there in L.A. is doing well. It's not doing as good as it was when Brandon Staley was the defensive coordinator. Uh, but remember, they got a bunch of studs on defense as well. So I think he's a guy that should get some, some interviews and he he is getting some interviews, but he's not a guy that I would put on the Raiders' radar. But that's that's just me. You know, you never know. Uh, clearly, you're looking at the Rams, and you're seeing a lot that you're liking from them, from the scouting department to their defensive coordinator. So uh, I like it, man. I like it having an eye on the Rams there. So thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up, got a text from Professor Raider from Ann Arbor. RIQ, this is Professor Raider from Ann Arbor. If you put two and two together, that means I teach at the University of Michigan. This semester, I have several football players in my class. I've had a few casual conversations with them about Coach Harbaugh. It doesn't seem like they're worried about him leaving. It doesn't seem like they are worried he's going to leave. I think he's leveraging a salary increase to stay. 
From my small inside information with his family, I don't think he wants to move his kids again. As much as I'd love to see him as the next Raider coach, I think he's staying in Ann Arbor. I have a gut feeling Mark is going to go with McDaniel and Ziegler. That's my two cents. Take it for what you will. All the love to Raider Nation. That's from Professor Raider. Thank you so much for that text, my man. And I agree with you 100%. And I haven't talked to any of the players. I haven't talked to Coach Harbaugh's team. I just, from the very beginning, from the very minute that his name was floated out there as potentially interested in the Raiders job, I felt like it was leverage against Michigan to get some of that money money back that they took from him or they cut his salary going into the 2021 season so that's what I believe and until I'm proven otherwise I'm gonna stick with that <laughs> just as just my gut feeling so uh and there's McDaniel and Ziegler that's something I talked about in segment number one that has been floating around hot and heavy you know it sounds like uh potentially the Raiders are trying to make the Patriots west you know I mean trying to get that Patriots uh, connection uh in Las Vegas but again those are just rumors and reports right now so a lot of speculation a lot of smoke but we don't know where the fire is coming from so it's just something that we got to pay attention to but thank you so much for that text i do appreciate you next up i got a call from i believe titan force in the 925 he's calling in to talk about Devonte adams and how the raiders need to put a full court press to go out there and get him in free agency here he is titan force at the 925 hi q uh titan force from the 925 hey just a quick comment about last night's game uh and make sure understand how important special teams are and you know we always talk offense defense coordinators on both sides, but do we really talk about special teams? And there's a 10-point swing there in that game that was, uh, you know, a game that, that I think, what, um, 23 points were scored, almost half were given away on special teams. And, you know, we've got to rem- remind ourselves who's the coach there, Rich Passaccia. He owns that. Hey, the main reason why I'm calling is Devontae Adams. Uh, guys, we need to have him. And uh, he's a free agent now. Um I, I, I'm sure you saw uh, that Sports Illustrated uh, write-up on him uh, claiming that he would pick Las Vegas over Green Bay and wants to play with Carr. Um, I hope that's all true. would like to have your comments on that. And, uh, you know, is there anything we can do as a nation to bring that guy here? Um, the prospect of uh, franchise tag is there, too. I've read about that. Don't know how that plays in the thing. There's a lot there, obviously. So um, interested in your uh, view on that, and ultimately, if there's anything we can do as a nation, we want to do it. There he goes. That's Titan Force, I do believe, out the 925. Appreciate you. And, yeah, Adams would be an outstanding free agent. If the Raiders were able to land Devontae Adams, that'd be awesome. I think they would still have some work to do uh, after they get Adams. I think that they can't just stop with one big-time wide receiver or one big-time playmaker. They need to get multiples. But I just also think that Green Bay is not going to just let him walk. Just say, okay, hey, peace out. You know, I just don't. I think that they're going to franchise tag him if he tells them that he doesn't want to play there. I think that they're going to franchise tag him and then make a team trade for him so they get something in return. I think they're just too smart to let a playmaker like that out the door without getting anything in return. And I know they get a compensatory pick, but Devontae Adams for a compensatory pick? No, thank you. I think, and this is just what I would do, this is just what I would do. I would tag him and make a team like the Raiders say, okay, hey, we want him. We want to bring him in as a free agent, and then you work out some kind of trade. Now, normally it's supposed to be a first-round pick, but we've seen other guys get the franchise tag and then get uh, traded to another team, and it's not necessarily a first-round pick. They can come up with their own compensation. So I think that that's what Green Bay is going to make him do if he decides that he doesn't want to be back there. Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked, and I've said this multiple times, I think Adams and Rodgers are back in Green Bay in 2022. But again, 
That's just me. So uh, thank you so much for that call. Matter of fact, we'll drop it at that. Uh, running out of time. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, Emerson in North Texas. Got a text from him. Raider Al in Georgia. Got a call from him. Plus, uh, many more calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. More news and notes of the day. Maybe we'll have a better idea of who the Raiders are trying to hire as a GM, who they're leaning towards towards the head coach. And, of course, we'll have plenty of conversation here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. The offseason is here, but, man, it ain't slowing down at all here on the show. So uh, thank you so much for all the support. Appreciate all the calls and texts. As always, make sure you enjoy your day, enjoy your family, take care of yourselves, take care of your family. Most importantly, as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby.